constantly eating mm-hmm. <laughs> every two and a half hours I am eating yeah. and it felt so good to be able to see progress mm-hmm. and um, and eat as much as I was eating and then just feel better because of what I was eating welcome to the horsewoman project a podcast where we talk about all things horsewoman from relationships to truck issues taking care of your nutrition and fitness, and of course, horses. Yes, I can hear okay. you. <laughs> Perfect. And you can hear the fact that I sound like a toad. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting worse though. So, <laughs> so only like sickness number four or whatever. <laughs> like I'm over it. But it's supposed to snow all week long here. And, uh, we were supposed to get a ton of snow yesterday, and instead it rained. So we got like six inches of rain on frozen ground. <laughs> it is a soupy mess out there now. <laughs> I had to discount all my clients because I'm just like, between me being sick and my kids being sick and everything, and then, and then the, the weather yeah. and all of that, it's just like, normally I make things up on the weekends if I don't get it done during the week, but then even the weekends, there's either holidays or there's mm-hmm. other things or there's weather that I can't work in. And it's just like, bah, yeah. <laughs> go away. That is hard because one, then you sit around and feel guilty because you can't get it all done. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, and I've never had to discount my clients like that. Yeah. And and like not get my work done. And it's like playing head games with me because I'm like, mm-hmm. it does. It makes me feel like a horrible trainer, but it's like, I have no control over the weather nope. and I have minimal control over if I get sick. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, I'm, you know, Michaela, cause you're my fitness coach that yep. like, I'm actually being pretty darn healthy. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, I should have a decent immune system here, but apparently it's just like, no, nope, we're just going to catch everything. Well, but like, I, I mean, like I keep telling you, I, all of my clients have been sick at least three times in the last like two months, just yeah. catching everything after everything, after everything. And I'm like, I don't know. It's crazy. We went up, my family has a lodge up in like by Victor Driggs, Idaho. Mm-hmm. And so we went and spent the holiday over there because they've got like a nice bunk room and, and everything. So like sleeps like 20 ish people. Um, my uncle has a, he runs like a little farm ranch there. So he got up in the mornings and would come pick us up with a couple of the little kids. And my husband and I would take him out and we'd go feed the cows and, and feed the horses mm-hmm. off of the tractor. And so that, that, that was really fun to watch the little kids like get super excited about that. Yeah. Well, that's, like, that's oh. like Christmas is the best time of year when you have young kids that still believe like mm-hmm. it just makes it so magical and mm-hmm. and so fun because for for the listeners that might not know we're recording this what four days three days after Christmas mm-hmm. so it's definitely that's what makes Christmas fun for me I am not much of a gift getter like I'm not fun to give gifts to because I'm just like oh thanks you know <laughs> like I have a hard time getting like really excited but I've got one of my sister-in-laws is like a little kid. Like it was hilarious. She opened, she opened a gift. So she opened a box, unwrapped it. And inside there, there was a box of checks and just how excited she got about the checks. It was like, like well, that's, that's not what's in there. The box is covering what's in there, you know, <laughs> but it was hilarious. I'm like, well, now I know I'll just give you cereal. 
like that's great (laughs) (laughs) but it it does make it so fun watching watching the kids that get really excited open up their gifts and it's my favorite thing it does make it hard when you have Christmases without kids yeah like it's not it's not quite as fun it is definitely funner with kids (laughs) yeah they just bring that magic to it (laughs) they really do how was your Christmas other than feeling a little sick it was really good it was good no snow we're getting snow all week this week but no snow on Christmas um which we usually don't I have a video of us from a couple years ago where we are um riding our horses in t-shirts on Christmas Eve (laughs) yep (laughs) I was like where's that can I have that (laughs) I know that is one of the biggest things I miss about living down there is I'm like we had like one day of snow all winter and then you could just ride like so I conditioned horses for endurance rides all winter and I loved Mm -hmm. it we would go on like Christmas Eve rides yeah we don't do that here (laughs) it got down well I sent you a picture it got down to negative 25 degrees the other night and like we lost a chicken because it got so cold it was really sad I feel bad about the chicken I still don't know I'm like, I'm wondering if the chicken had just been stressed about other things. Cause like, they've got a really nice coop. I've got a heat lamp in there. They like, it's pretty darn warm in there, but, um, the poor cow who was feeding for me, of course, like the day that she starts feeding for me, it like everything just goes to heck because all of my hydrants <laughs> froze. The chicken was dead. She was like freaking out. She's like, I swear, like I locked it. There's no signs that anything got in there. I don't know how something got to it. I'm oh, like, no. I'm like, hon, I bet it just froze. Like, I bet it just got too yeah. cold. And then the other chickens are eating at it. Like, I don't think that I'm like, it's not you. Like, you're okay. Yeah. But yeah. So then she had to like our house is is probably about 50 yards away from where the horses are so she had to like bring buckets up and fill them up at the house and then like walk Mm. it down and it was miserable I'm like I'm sorry (laughs) yeah yeah it's not always easy but (laughs) nope my uh brother and his wife and their two-year-old daughter she just turned two this month and they came and stayed the night for Christmas or for Christmas Eve and so they got to do Christmas morning and everything with us and it was so fun because she's just barely you know she's two so Mm -hmm. she's barely to that age where she like sort of gets it but it's so funny because like like Thea she's six and she's my daughter so she when she opens something and she sees on the package what it is she you know squeals and screams and like gets so excited but um it was so funny to see my little niece Marley because she would open something and not like translate what the picture meant right because uh-huh. she's two yeah <laughs> so it was just like she just wasn't as into opening the presents after a few minutes like mm-hmm. she was just like whatever it's tearing paper I'm over it uh-huh. <laughs> but then you start opening the boxes and actually getting the toys out and she was like Ooh, <laughs> like I that's see. what this is about. Like, <laughs> it was so cute though. She's hilarious. a doll. Oh, that's so fun. My um, my niece and nephew. So my niece just turned one. She was born like just a couple of days before Christmas. So she just turned one. We had her birthday party. And then I've got a nephew who's four. And then I think it goes to like six and then eight or nine. But yeah, it's so fun to watch them because like my the four-year-old nephew is like really starting to like get into things and he is hilarious because he just he's such an emotional child like 
his emotions are just so big you know I'm like he reminds me kind of like Jack Jack on the Incredibles where you know like he changes like personalities of, <laughs> based on his emotion <laughs> I'm like, and he does like if he gets upset I mean he turns a beat red and it just reminds me of that like red monster that Jack Jack turns into <laughs> like that is totally my nephew but it's so fun to watch him because he like his his really happy is just really big and then his really upset is really big it's just it's really entertaining for me like I'm glad I don't have to like deal with it on a regular basis but I always feel bad too because because just because of like how he presents his emotions it's like the most hilarious thing so I'm like if he ever has a tantrum I have to like leave the room because I'm just giggling so bad I'm like, it's hilarious. <laughs> but it was super fun and we took them all snowshoeing and that was fun we, we enjoy snowshoeing not good today's topic is kind of like a twofold um we're going to talk a little bit about what fitness means to us um and then I wanted to debunk some myths that have been bugging me lately so I have this like list of like 50 things um so Camry I'm just gonna let you kind of like choose which ones you want to talk about (laughs) (laughs) okay deal um but I guess let's start off with like what does fitness mean to you Camry like what does being fit mean to you Um, To me, it just means to be able to feel good doing the things that I'm doing. Um, And because I think there are a lot of people that that think that they, because they can do the things that they're doing, even if they feel horrible doing it, then they are fit. But like, to me, I want to be able to feel good doing it. Um, So like being able to do the things you want, but also being able to feel good doing what you want. And then just being comfortable in your own skin you know, I think that's a lot of it too. So yeah, a lot of just being able to do the activities and the, and the things that you want to do. Yeah. I love that. And like you said, like being comfortable in your own skin, and that takes a lot, a lot of work because you could be the fittest person in the whole world and not feel comfortable Mm -hmm. in your skin. And it takes a lot of like mental fitness. I feel like to, Mm -hmm. to really feel comfortable because like over Christmas, oh my gosh, I had like such bad body image. It just is really hard for me, like over the holidays and things, because especially when we travel, I'm really sensitive to a lot of foods and very rarely is there foods that I can just eat that make me feel good. Um, So it's like people will bring like gluten-free, dairy-free stuff, but like, I don't do well with corn. So it's like corn-based stuff still makes me sick or, you know, and, and then I end up blowing up like a balloon and like, so I'm like, I feel swollen and like just all weekend, I'm just like really battling that mindset of like, oh my gosh, like, I just feel fat. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't even feel good. Like, what's the point of all the work I've put into this? Like, and it, it can send you into a spiral. So really practicing like that mental fitness, the mental gymnastics of, of getting through those and being able to stop them and try to reframe them. But it does, it takes just as much work and just as much reps doing that. I feel like as it does Mm -hmm. to grow muscle or to, to run a, a marathon or to do whatever it is you're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge part. So I love that you mentioned that because it is, it is a huge part. I feel like of of just being healthy. um, Yeah. Is learning to accept yourself. Yeah. Well, and having those, all of them combined, like it's not just exercising and it's not just eating right. And it's not just feeling good about yourself mentally. It's the combination of them that really makes you at optimum health um, to be able to have all three of those. So Yes, 100%. That is something, (laughs) it is 
definitely something I work on with all my clients is trying to figure out how can we have all three and how can I help you have all three? And most of the time, well, okay, like a hundred percent of the time, some when somebody hires me, most of the time they're thinking all they're getting from me is a fitness plan or a nutrition plan. Like, Hey, do these things, eat this stuff, go. But there's so much more mindset work that goes into it. And so much more, um, conversation back and forth that like, if we do not have, you don't get as much out of me as you could. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, that's one thing I really appreciated about you as a client, because you were very good at just giving me everything. Like, this is what's going on. (laughs) This is how I'm feeling. This is how I'm thinking. And it's helpful because you and I are such good friends. Um, Yeah. But it's like, I coach quite a few family members too. And it's really interesting to see, like, it's actually a lot harder to coach family members than it is to coach friends because family members, like I I've had one family member in particular, I'm thinking of right now that I've, that I've coached for two years now. And it's really funny to watch the stages of like, where she like grows. I'll like try to prompt her and be like, Hey, like, tell me why you're stressed out. What's going on? Like, what can we do to, what can, what are some steps we can do to help with this? And she just kind of, Oh, it's fine. I'll deal with it. Like you, you just stop asking me this uh-huh. question, you know? And finally she opened up a little while ago about what was stressing her out. And like, after talking, like all of a sudden, like, just, you can just like see, like, she's like, Oh, Michaela asks me this these questions because she can actually help. Like she actually has things to help me, you know? And it's really funny to watch that. And to watch that grow with them. But sometimes it does take work. Like one, one thing I really love about you is that you have come to me just being able to do that. Um, and it's been really nice and you've been able to change your mindset quite a bit, which is really fun to watch as well. Yeah. It's been very helpful. So I'm going to just do this little mini tangent. So I thought for sure when I started with you, that you were going to tell me I needed to ditch the coffee. Oh, really? Uh huh. That's like, funny. I for sure, I was like, she's going to make me ditch the coffee. So the first week I was just like cherishing it and being like, I'm going to have to say goodbye soon. My friend I don't want to. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. But like, I love coffee. I love coffee. And it's just something that I just don't know if I ever want to go without it. Mm-hmm. Like, it would know. be your thing. That question I ask everybody. If you can, if I told you you had to get rid of your favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, probably coffee. Yeah, probably coffee. that's hilarious. Because I know when you started too, you were thinking I would like cut your fat boy back too. <laughs> and uh-huh. I'm like, no, you could have it. <laughs> but yeah, no fat mm-hmm. is, is the thing that really feeds your brain and your hormones. Like it's one thing that um, I will much rather when clients get to lower calories, I, I, there's a point where I don't adjust fat anymore. It's like, Hey, all of this has to come from carbs, um, which can suck because carbs are wonderful too, (laughs) but fat really does, um, help regulate your hormones, help feed your brain health and everything. And then protein helps with like everything. So like, those are the two that I try not to adjust too much protein. I very rarely adjust ever. Like it's like moments that are always stuck here just because it is the building blocks of your body. Um, and you need it for so many different things, but normally like I'll adjust both carbs and fats. Like I just adjusted yours, like just a little bit, but there Mm -hmm. is going to be that threshold where I'm not going to like, once you hit that threshold, we're going to be at wherever that fat is and where it needs to be for your body. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. So just like, um, Camry, 
fitness to camera means um is pretty similar to what fitness means to me but for me and it has always meant to be capable, like to never having to need someone else to help me with something. And that's always been a really big deal for me, especially as I've had multiple surgeries and I've had some of those moments where people have really had to take care of me and I hate it. <laughs> do not like it. I do not like having to ask people to help me move furniture around. I do not like, you know, waiting for somebody to saddle my horse for me or to do whatever. So to me, like the biggest thing, as far as like fitness in my body, it means like having freedom, freedom to do what I want to do whenever I want to do it. That's one of the biggest things. And then feeling powerful and confident in my body, like knowing that my body can handle whatever's coming at me, knowing that I can like hop on a frisky horse and I have the strength to be able to handle it. And, um, times in my life when, when I haven't felt as like powerful and confident, it's like when I started working cults with you wasn't too long after my shoulder surgery. And so there was a couple of cults I was really nervous about because I'm like, oh, I just don't know if my shoulder can handle it. If this horse bolts or starts bucking, like, I just don't know if I have the strength in my shoulder yet to be able to like get control of this cult. And that was really interesting for me because it has been a very, very long time since I've ever felt nervous about hopping on a horse. Like, Mm. normally it's like not a problem but I really felt that like like when I first started working with you of like oh my gosh like actually there's quite a bit of fear here <laughs> like yeah. that I'm just not used to because I you know I've ridden a lots of colts and lots of green horses and I just I'd never felt worried about getting on them before and definitely like my last shoulder surgery for some reason it really took a lot, a lot out of my confidence level for some reason. And I'm not sure like what mentally happened with that sh shoulder surgery, mm -hmm. but whatever it was, like it took a lot of confidence out of me to the point where I was even nervous about my own horses. And like, I still have a little bit of nerves around my Mustang and he's a great horse. Like <laughs> He's never done anything <laughs> weird, but I still, I'm like, mm, just, I get a little nervous with him and it's really been yeah, interesting yeah. to have to have to work through that again. Cause I'm like, man, I haven't had to work through that since that time when I was 12, you know, or you right. know, since I was really little and it's been a new thing. So that's definitely yeah. one of my focuses is with my fitness is making sure my body is capable enough. So I can feel confident in those situations that like, Hey, if I get on a horse that, that might do something, I'm not going to like immediately just fall off, right? Like I'm not just going to yeah. just limp off. Uh, I'm going to be able to control the situation as much as I possibly can. And that's, that's a big deal to me. Yeah. Well, and uh, I'm actually wondering if one of those horses that made you nervous was that big, almost 17 hand Palomino. Yep. Like, could you tell? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was huge and he was a goer and he had a lot of like, just spunk and like, yeah. So it's horses like that, that will make me think twice too. Like I, mm -hmm. I am super thorough with those. No, he was, he was interesting. Cause I mean, gosh, like if you had taken me before I had my shoulder surgery, I would have been like, he would have been my favorite horse to ride. Right. right? And like, he was actually one of my favorites. Right. <laughs> He would have been like the one that I'm like, you, you really want to work him today? Like, are you sure? But like, man, after my shoulder surgery, I'm like, great. Okay. Camry can work him today. You know, I'm like, are you sure you don't want to work him today, Camry? I mean, but he was a great horse. Like you said, we had done all the work. You'd done all the work. It, like he was a great horse. He just was big. Yeah. And there was those few times where when I'd ride him, I'm like, yeah, if he decided he want to go that way, we'd be going that way. 
anyway, another tangent. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> hey, hey, we warned everybody in the trailer, so it's fine. <laughs> but no, it's it's so true. Like um, working with you, especially with my shoulder, because by the time I worked with you, I'd done all the PT stuff that I needed to. Like I'd I'd gotten to where I was doing like handstands again and and pushups and everything. But there were some times when I did have to pull a colt around that I'm like, oh my shoulder cannot handle this. And that's why there's a couple of movements like I've got in your program that I have specifically for that shoulder joint where it's like, mm, with the amount of pulling around, especially as a cult starter that you have to do, it's like, we need to make sure that we're also supporting that on the outside because because it is very important. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you do, like, if you think about how much we rely just on our little shoulder joints to help us riding and to help us keep us mm-hmm. safe, it's it's crazy. Like our shoulder joints are actually one of the most important things we rely on, I feel like, um, you know, after mm-hmm. after your core and everything. But when it comes to handling an emergency situation, it's all in our shoulders. And mm-hmm. we don't often work our shoulders. <laughs> you know, that's most of the time when I get riders, they want to do crunches and they want to do a lot of like ab workouts. And it's like, you know, your core one crunches aren't really going to help you ride for one. Um, And we can kind of talk about that probably in a later episode, but there's so much more that goes into your writing and that goes into your strength training program as a writer that needs to happen for you to actually be a capable writer. So, well, have you looked at this list? Do you know anyone that you want to start with, with common myths? Well, I feel like the one, the first one on the list is probably the one that, um, that I want to start with, which is spot reducing fat. Mm-hmm. And that's because that's what I was talking to you about last week mm-hmm. is I am a pear-shaped person, right? So I'm really petite. My shoulders are really small. Um, like if you measure around my rib cage, I'm like 28 inches. Mm-hmm. So I have a very, very narrow rib cage, very narrow shoulders, but then I have wide hips in comparison to my shoulders. Right. Um, and I tend to carry all my weight on my, the, my upper thighs, my butt and my lower stomach. Mm-hmm. So if you were to just chop that section out and look at, you know, the rest of me, I have absolutely no fat to lose. Like I'm, I'm yeah, it's great. You're very lean. <laughs> but then, but then I carry that, that weight in that section. And so it was like, last week I had talked to Michaela and was like, I want to get rid of the fat around my waist, you know? And And then as she pointed out to me, it was like, when you focus on one spot like that, it's, it's not usually as healthy for your mindset for one thing, but then you don't really have control over where the fat loss comes from. Mm -hmm. Like you can focus on fat loss in general, but focusing on one spot is really not going to serve you. Like (laughs) it's, it's, it's not really realistic. So anyway, I'll let you go deeper into that, but that's kind of the (laughs) one that sticks out to me just because I just last week dealt with that of being like, I want to get rid of my waist. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, it's one that comes up a lot, especially with my older clients, like the ones who grew up in like the fifties and sixties where stick straight was the thing. And, um, but this is a big deal because, and this, well, so to go along with like what you said, this is why we measure like seven different spots in your body and why we don't just measure your waist. Because if we just measured your waist, one, we'd be missing out on a lot of information and a lot of other areas that are making progress because yeah, like for you, your body doesn't lose um, inches in your waist as much as it does like in your chest and in your thighs and in your hips, right? Like your waist tends to be kind of on that 
other end like after you lose it in those ends then your waste comes right yeah. um and so if we were just focusing on your waste you could end up really hyper focusing on that and become like tunnel visioned into that where it's like oh well the waste didn't move this week but it's like okay but five other places did so you know why are we hyper focused on this one area versus like noticing that hey like your face shape has changed your your neck shows its muscles your your shoulders are looking amazing right Mm -hmm. Um, but then if we get into the actual like spot reducing fat, like, I'm sorry, I know so many people say like, oh, you, you'll see those Pinterest workouts, like reduce your thigh fat by doing these seven exercises every day. And it's, you can't do that. Um, so it's like, if you want to spot reduce your stomach, well, you just can't like, if you want to reduce the fat on your stomach, crunches are not going to do it. You yeah. know, doing an extra 50, 15 minute ab workout at the end of what I already have you doing would not boost that. <laughs> it yeah. just wouldn't um, because your body is going to lose where it's going to lose. Um, each body is genetically prone to store, like to wanting to store fat in a certain area. For me, my body loves to store fat in my upper thighs and my, in my um, hips that's where it likes to keep and those are going to be the last places that move like even with when I was doing my photo shoot my glutes barely moved at all like you know I maybe lost maybe like an inch (laughs) around my glutes (laughs) even when I was at my leanest and but that like so if I had hyper focused on that it like I would have been way not in a good mindset throughout that whole journey right um but it's just it's impossible so Really, it's focusing on the entire thing. Focus on being fit, you know, growing muscle. Like, like Camry was just saying, she has a pear shape, and which you, I, I feel like, um, don't, you don't like that. Every time you bring that up, it's like you hate being a pear shape. <laughs> Am I wrong there? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I like having like, a big booty. Right. I will say that. I'm right? like, I'll take that. <laughs> So for someone like Camry, looking at her, it's like, okay, after Camry's fat loss phase, after she gets, you know, to the level of leanness that she wants to, one of the best things for Camry, for instance, just because you're here and it's going to be easy for me to use you. (laughs) um, (laughs) One of the best things and probably the next steps for Camry in the program would be, okay, let's build shoulder muscles because the shoulder muscles are going to give you that appearance of that hourglass shape of a smaller waist. Um, let's build your back muscles, like your lats. That's also going to taper in your waist and give you that visual appearance versus, because it's like, you know, you can only get so lean and with how your body is made with the wider hips, you're always going to have that shape, but that's, what's Mm -hmm. really cool about muscle building is we can change the shape of your body through muscle. Um, And that's one of the reasons I really got into lifting was when I had that moment of like, oh my gosh, like I can literally change the shape of my body. Like, this is so cool. What do I want to shape here? Uh You know? Um, But that is something like if, if it was something that was really bugging you is, is, you know, really focusing on like, Hey, let's, let's grow your delts a little bit more. Let's grow your lats a little bit more and give you Mm -hmm. that hourglass shape that you really want um, to help you feel more confident in your body. So that's just a fun way to look at it too. No one has to do that. But it is well, a fun and, way to look at it in a way that's like, wow, I've got control over this. One of the times that I've loved my body the most was when I was in um, on Shinkatig Island mm. because I not only walked at least 10 miles a day doing hand walk pony rides for kids at this little tourist um, center, <laughs> but 
I also guided kayak tours. And so I was like, like my shoulders were built. Like I had a killer upper body, Um, but it was okay. This right here is a moment of power for me that I'm going to share. At one point we had a big enough group that we were almost out of kayaks and we rarely use this one kind because they tip over really easy. And so we don't like to use them because, you know, with beginner kayakers, it's like, oh, especially when you have the tides, like it's not like kayaking on a lake, like you are kayaking in the ocean and there is a tide going through. So um, I asked anyone in the group if they were experienced kayakers and if they would want to take these and everything. And, And this guy, like, you know, macho guy, like, oh yeah, I'll take it. I was like, okay, cool. So we get everybody out there. And the first part of it is the worst because you have to go across the channel and that's where the worst of the tide mm-hmm. is. And um, so we, <laughs> we head out and we go across this channel and what happens maybe 20 yards out and he just whoo, tips over. So <laughs> I had to go and get him. He couldn't climb back in his kayak as I like supported the front of it. Uh-huh. So then he had to just hold on to the kayak as I towed his butt across the channel to the other side. <laughs> and I was like, I just kayaked and towed somebody. And like, <laughs> I was like, I'm a warrior. And okay, the worst part of this story, he didn't even tip me. Really? <laughs> because his pride was so wounded yeah. that this yeah. little tiny five foot two girl had, had to, to tow him in. Tow his butt across the channel. <laughs> I was like, you were the one that wanted this guy, uh-huh. buddy. <laughs> no, it was so funny yeah. though. No, isn't it like, yeah, I love that. Like just that power, Mm -hmm. it gives you so much power and so much freedom. Like one of my favorite things is I have this cute client that I've worked with a year now and she is just so fun just to watch her like be like, wow. She's like, guess what? One of her wins, gosh, like a couple months ago, um, her little play thing, like with the, um, what do you call those swings had fallen over in her backyard and she's like normally when this happens I have to wait for my husband to get home because I can't do it she's like but I went out and I picked that thing up and I put it back up and I'm like oh my gosh that's like my favorite story right it's just (laughs) when they get into that that power of themselves because it's like you know could she maybe have picked it up before maybe right but she never would have even tried because she hadn't she hadn't built that confidence in in how powerful she is and how strong she is so by like just slowly building that up in her she was able to just be like no I am gonna try this like yeah I'm gonna try it you know um and I've seen that too in another lady where where she had it was just very cute like for a month she kind of went on this high of like oh my gosh I'm gonna do this like I'm gonna move boxes with my husband I moved the couch by myself and her husband came to me and he's like you know what's really cool is he's like before she just never would have tried like she just would have assumed or just always assumed that she couldn't do it so she would just have me do it or like my and our sons do it but she's like now she's trying and she's figuring out that she can't do it I'm like that is my favorite thing it's like seriously guys I get to like that proud mama moment I'm like look at what they're doing you know it's just so (laughs) fun for me Um, yeah and that's I mean that's what I love is just when women find that, when they find that, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like maybe I can just do this. Maybe, maybe I can do this by myself. And it's awesome. It's not that yeah. <laughs> One time on a weekend when my husband was gone 
I decided to build our outdoor bunny cage and I did the whole thing by myself. <laughs> and the funny thing is I was so proud of it. And I was like, oh yeah. Cause like, you know, power tools and all uh-huh. like, I went to Home Depot, bought all the parts, like measured it all out and like did all the things. <laughs> and then, uh, and like, it even has this big gate in it. So I like mm-hmm. put hinges on, like did all of it. And then when Larry comes home, he looks at it and I was like, look what I built. And he looks at it and goes, well, I guess that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Larry. <laughs> but like, oh my gosh, he was so funny because he just like, he's one of those people that like, if it's different than the way he would have done it, he's like, I'm not sure it's right, but I'm not sure okay. it's right. <laughs> but I was just like, thanks, honey. Like slap him on the shoulder. Right. <laughs> Be proud of me. Dang it. No, it was just so funny because Larry cracks me up. I love it. That's hilarious. I like, I can totally see him saying that too. He's like so dry. Like his humor is so dry. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. <laughs> love that man. <laughs> I know my husband's kind of on the opposite end where he's like, wait for me to get home please I'm like all right sure so it's like I like definitely in saying that being powerful and confident doesn't mean you you know don't have to have help or you can't have help or you you know your husband can't help you but it's just realizing that if you wanted to you could you know so I love that so yeah I guess coming full circle spot reducing fat you can't do it guys. I really wish you could. It would be really, really nice if crunches would make the belly fat go away, but it won't. Um, the best thing for reducing fat is being in a calorie deficit and building muscle because one, you're, you can't lose fat period. If you're not in a calorie deficit, if you aren't expending more energy than you're putting in, um, you're not going to lose fat no matter how many crunches you do, no matter how many leg lifts you do, no matter like what kind of Pinterest workout you're following, no matter what, if you're not in a calorie deficit, I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. And I, <laughs> that's like the least favorite thing for people to hear me say, but it's just the truth. Um, the best way to put yourself in a calorie deficit too, which is not very fun to say is not eating as much. So is making sure like you are controlling your calories as far as what you're putting in. That's the easiest way. Cause even if you go and you run five miles, your body adapts so quickly to that for one, that um, you're gonna end up having to run like 25 miles a day for for there to be much. And then, um, and everybody like expends calories differently. So the easiest way to do that is is controlling what you eat, um, mm-hmm. which isn't always the funnest thing. Like we always, but we yeah. always make that sound like it's not fun. And honestly, I enjoy it. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, but you also need to find a way that works for you. Like, like Camry, if I had told her that she needs to give up coffee, she would have done it really, really well for the first month. But then I bet by now you'd be like, can I have coffee? And yeah. you'd be like craving it. You'd be like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Where now it's like, she knows, Hey, I can have coffee and lose all this weight and, and look this lean and I can still have this thing. And it's going to make her more powerful coming out of it because chances are, we'd get her to like, we'd get you to the level of leanness you want to be. And the very first thing you're going to do is, is accidentally binge out on coffee, you know, and it's probably not going to be the low calorie coffee. It's probably going to be like the, the foam and the, all the creamers and all the things. Um, and that can add up super, super quickly. So just by allowing you to be able to, 
to have those things and make those a part of your journey, it's going to make it much easier coming out of it as well. Yeah. All right. What's so next? I guess that leads me into your next what? Well, the next one that kind of um, sticks out to me is that dieting is hard. Mm. So like, I'm just going to share a little bit of um, like my previous experience dieting. So um, I had to lose weight after both my kids. Um, and then I didn't gain a ton, but it was, you know, enough to have to lose 20-ish pounds, mm-hmm. um, 15, 20 pounds after um, giving birth to my kids. But then I also went through a time when I lived in Wyoming that I gained about the same I did now. I gained about like 10 to 13 pounds um, from where I wanted to be. And all the times that I have lost weight, I have gone on either like my fitness pal or lose it. And those apps, which put me down to about 1200 calories a day, mm-hmm. which you guys is hard. That is really hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially with the level of like activity that I have in my day. But they also do like plus and minus with your food. So like if you exercise a certain amount, then you get more calories. Um, and so, and it worked, don't get me wrong. Like I, I lost the weight then. Um, but I was extremely hungry all the time. Like I was always hungry Mm -hmm. and I just learned to deal with being starving all the time. But with doing this with Michaela, I, it's, it's so nice because, I get to eat like what I've been on for the last two months with her has been 1950 calories. I mean, guys, I'm a small person and I'm eating almost like 2000 calories a day. And I lost nine pounds on eating Mm -hmm. 2000 calories a day and barely feeling hungry, like a little bit in the evening before I went to bed like not a ton of, like I wasn't starving. I wasn't like feeling horrible and feeling like, like in the past I had, I would get shaky before mm-hmm. or after doing like riding horses or doing my other activities or working out. I would be shaky from low blood sugar from not eating enough. Mm-hmm. And so it's just crazy to me how easy it was for me to lose the weight with eating as much as I've been eating. So like, Anyway, I will let Michaela take it from there, but I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like if you want to lose weight and like have someone that actually wants to feed you while you're losing weight, come talk to Michaela. <laughs> yes. I believe in food. <laughs> um, you are a foodie. That's for sure. Michaela. Oh, I am. <laughs> I am like, yeah, I get aggressive over food. <laughs> I like my food and I, it's funny because I actually stress out when I have to take clients slower because Camry is a little bit of an outlier as far as how much she is able to eat. But a lot of that is because one, Camry eats before coming to me, you were eating an average of about 2,400 calories a day. You move a buttload. Like she moves over five miles a day, like in, in the time that it takes you to ride all your horses and, and the walking that you do and everything, you go probably actually about seven and a half miles average a day. Um, that's a lot of movement. So I I do want to like say that as well is, um, you are definitely more on an outlier because of how active you are as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so 
for me, dieting doesn't have to be hard. And if it is hard, it's going to be very hard to sustain. So if you have Mm -hmm. 20 pounds to lose, that's 20 weeks of dieting you really need to do if you want to maintain your muscle. If you don't care about maintaining muscle, like Camry, I guarantee you, you lost quite a bit of muscle on those previous diets because of how far down it went your body is going to start eating your muscle because your body wants to store the fat. It needs it for hormone health, for brain health, where your muscle, it's like, well, yeah, it would be nice to continue to have this. But when it comes down to it, do we want to feed your brain and your hormones or do we want to just get rid of this muscle? It's going to get rid of the muscle. So by that's why one protein is so important and why I never adjust that, like why protein stays the same, no matter how low your calories get is so we can support your body and going, oh, wait, no, we do have enough resources to actually continue to keep this muscle. And that's, that's what having the higher protein does. Well, not even high protein, having a balanced protein does is it allows your body Mm -hmm. to, to say, okay, no, actually there's enough resources coming that getting rid of the muscle doesn't really make sense because we can just quickly put this here. So let's, let's go ahead and start start taking out the fat. Um, but then starting where you're at. So like with cat, with Camry, she's at 2,400 calories. If I had taken her down to 1200 calories, she would have been miserable. Like you said, you would have been shaky. You wouldn't have been able to do your job. You'd be coming to me really stressed out. We would have had a lot of breakdowns just because that's what happens when you're in low calories. Like your your brain and your ability to cope with things goes way down. And that's why we track your biofeedback, like your stress, your sleep and everything. Because I want to make sure we're supporting that throughout the entire process as well. Because if you aren't able to cope with the stressors that are going on in your life, then sustaining what you're what you want to sustain isn't going to be possible and when you get off of it you're going to end up gaining it all back really quickly because of what's going on Mm. so yeah like you do have to expect if you're dieting you are going to be a little hungry (laughs) like yeah it's going to be that hunger most of the time though like like you said coming to me um and balancing out your diet and really making sure you're getting enough protein and everything for the first little bit very rarely do my clients feel hungry. It's not until probably after the first or second calorie adjustments that the hunger really starts to come in because their body's getting used to having more protein, which suppresses your appetite, which makes you feel really full. Um, so it takes a couple of adjustments before hunger really sets in. So that that is a really nice plus <laughs> about yeah. doing it this way as well. Um, but it doesn't have to be hard. Like you do not, like Camry does not have to get rid of her coffee. You know, yes. I don't want her to, <laughs> because if she, if she had to, again, like it would lead to other behaviors that wouldn't be as, be as healthy. And my biggest goal with any clients coming into me is let, how can we just do tweaks to what your lifestyle already looks like to make it healthier, right? Yeah. Like, let's not completely get rid of everything you love and everything that you enjoy, because you're going to go back to those things when you're done dieting. Like you're not going, like if you get rid of all those things and you're not eating that way, like it's going to be like, great, I followed macros and I did calories, but then I just went back to my normal way of eating once the diet was over. And that's when Mm -hmm. you regain the weight. So my goal and my mission is to make sure every client coming to me is like, we just tweak, we make tweaks. It's like, okay, Cameron, yes, you can have your coffee. You can have those treats. You can, you can do the birthday parties. You can do Christmas parties. You can do Halloween parties. Just get your protein in. Like that's the tweak we've made with you, right? Just get your Mm -hmm. protein in, just get your protein in. And by doing that, that's now like you focusing on balancing out your protein and across your diet, that's now going to be a habit going forward mm-hmm. right it Where, is too yeah which like I like to point out too what you were saying 
um, you had said high protein and then you said balanced protein Mm -hmm. and it seems super high because like to me, I was eating 70 grams and now I'm at 130, Mm -hmm. but the 130 isn't high. It's Mm -hmm. balanced with the rest of what I'm eating. It's the amount that my body needs to be able to build the muscle and to be able to do everything and feel better doing it. Mm-hmm. And so, it, yeah, it does seem high, but it's actually just balancing everything out. And honestly, that's what I think has helped me um, not feel so hungry. Cause I like, especially that first month, I felt like I was eating a ton mm-hmm. because I was eating um, breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, Mm -hmm. And sometimes an evening snack, depending on how much I ate throughout the day. So Mm -hmm. I was having at least like five quote unquote meals a day, Mm -hmm. but it was like, I was having carrots and jerky and broccoli. And and I mean, like to some people that probably sounds horrible. That was my choice. She'd like, Michaela did not force any of that on me. (laughs) She just said to get so many servings in and I like raw veggies. So Mm -hmm. I just like snack on raw veggies. So, um, but yeah, like, because I was eating four to five servings of fruits or vegetables a day. And then, you know, as much protein as I needed to get in, my other snacks were like Greek yogurt with raspberries in it, or like sometimes I'd sprinkle some chocolate chips in there. Mm-hmm. And like, but I just felt like I was eating a lot, like mm-hmm. just because I was, there was so much there. And so it was like, man, like I'm constantly eating mm-hmm. <laughs> every two and a half hours I am eating. Yeah. And it felt so good to be able to see progress. Mm-hmm. and, um, and eat as much as I was eating and then just feel better because of what I was eating. Yeah. Because I, I had vegetables and stuff before I didn't have enough of them mm-hmm. and I had protein before, like we eat a lot of meat. We have elk and antelope jerky and deer and lamb and <laughs> chicken. Like we have tons and tons of meat at my house. So like I was eating protein, mm-hmm. I just wasn't eating near enough of it. So mm-hmm. once you get it balanced, it's been so much easier for me to deal with stress and so much easier for me to do my job. So yeah. Anyway, I just think it's amazing to have it all like balanced. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, and to put it into perspective, so uh, like if I ever have a client that's like, why do I have to eat this much? A really good visual is what I'll do is kind of said, I'm like, okay, if we just take your calories and then we look at your big macros, which is your fat, carbs, and protein. So they're called macros because they encompass everything, right? And without those three pillars, your body cannot function, period. It cannot function without all three of those things. So if we look at those and I'll take like, okay, so Camry, for instance, you're at 1950 calories or 250 ca- or 2050 calories is kind of your range. Um if we look at the protein, so 130 grams of protein, you're at like 200 and something grams of carbs and 70 something. You eat so much fat. I love it. <laughs> like I've never programmed so much fat for somebody, but she's at like 70 to 80 grams of fat. If we take that and we take, okay, what the calories actually come out from, and we divide that into percentages, your percentages go like it's 30% protein, 40% carbs, and 30% fat maybe a little bit more fat for you, but that's a general, like how, how I look at it, like in a percentage wise is we want to make sure that all of those percentages pretty much even out with most of my clients are like more carbs. And I do like to feed more carbs just because, um, of how, how most people feel with carbs. Um, but 
if we look at it in a percentage wise, it's, it's balanced out where before it was like your protein was like 10%. And then, you know, carbs was like 50 and, and fat was like 45. <laughs> <laughs> so it just is like taking that and going, okay, like let's balance it out. And granted, I do have clients too, who come to me and I barely have to, um, I barely have to adjust their protein. Like some clients do come to me eating enough protein, but they may be well under eating carbs and not getting the micronutrients that they need from their carbs. So we'll actually, we'll balance out their carbs. It's all about balance and balancing Mm -hmm. it out and balancing it out with your lifestyle. Again, like not making yourself miserable for, for weeks and months and, and then like just dying and can't wait to go back to normal. Like I want this to be your new normal this is your new normal. If it doesn't become your new normal, it's not going to work long-term. This isn't, this is no longer a lifestyle. It's just a diet. And like, I almost hate the word diet. Like this is, this is a lifestyle, you know, Mm -hmm. like it is your new lifestyle and we're building habits. We're not just dieting you in this funny way. So Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) Oh, I guess we didn't go into kind of what I had mentioned, the adding and subtracting Oh, yeah. Workout calories. Let's go into that one. Yeah. So adding and subtracting workout calories, I do not do. I do not believe in. (laughs) Um, One, because it leads to a lot of really, I feel like disordered mindset um, where it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to earn these calories. It's fine. Like I can have, I can have these Christmas treats. I'm just going to go run 10 miles or I'm going to hop on the treadmill or I'm going to do an extra workout. Like to me, that's a pretty disordered way of thinking. You do not have to earn your food. You as a human just you being alive means you earned food. Like you don't have to earn your food in any other way. You being alive means you deserve food. And I hate, I hate it when like those things I feel like um, lead to you feeling like you have to earn your food, but it's like Mm. you just being a human means you, you have the right to food. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to do anything to make up for it. Like food is food. (laughs) So that's like one of my biggest pet peeves, but also like my fitness pal, I'm sorry, but it is so inaccurate with how much you actually like utilize. And to the point where I feel like it actually gives you almost more, um, like it'll take Mm -hmm. off more calories than what you probably actually burned in that workout. It doesn't take into account too, like these, these tracking devices don't take into account your muscle mass, don't take into account your bone density and all these other things that are going on. So to me, it's much better that, Hey, like Camry, I've got you eating in a range of 1850 to 2050 calories, like just be in this range. And if you're consistent, you're going to lose, like you're going to, you're going to see those results you want to see, or you're going to grow in the way that you want to grow. But if we were taking you and I had you subtracting like every single day one, how annoying would that be? Like to have to continue to be like, oh, well, I don't get to have as much. I've got to take away this treat for dinner. And oh, well, now I've got to add more food. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. just just eat what you're going to eat. It makes life so much easier for one. And then it doesn't lead to disordered eating. And (laughs) and, um, you're not you're not constantly like second guessing what you're doing and and constantly feeling unworthy for what you're doing as well. Well, and like when I used it years ago, it was difficult because like it has, it had like three different settings for riding a horse. It was like walking, trotting, or just general horseback Mm -hmm. riding. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know what to do here. So I would usually just put like the general Mm -hmm. and then I would underestimate it. Mm -hmm. So if I rode two hours, I would put an hour and a half Mm -hmm. or like I would do that because I felt like it 
I'm like, well, I know it's not going to be exact. So I would rather underestimate than overestimate. And, but yeah, it was a pain in the butt of like, well, how much time did I spend writing? And then, you know, how much of it was walking and how much of it. And like, I know there are apps now that will track your writing, but even then it's, it's a pain in the butt. And it's so much easier to just be like, this is my calorie target for the day. And some days you might burn a few more calories in your activities. And then the next day you won't burn as many. Mm -hmm. Like for me, my weekdays, my work days, I burn more. I walk a lot more. Mm -hmm. And then I rest a little bit more on my weekends, depending Mm -hmm. on what we're doing. And so, yeah, weekend, but I don't adjust my calories on the weekends and quote unquote, punish myself on the weekend for not being as active. I just stay at what I'm eating and it all evens out on a mm-hmm. weekly, like week by week basis. So yep. it's, yep. yeah, yeah, no, easier. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And then, I mean, just again, like I doing the same amount of work as Camry, I will burn more calories because then, than you, because I have a lot more muscle. I'm a lot bigger person. I have more bone density. Like it's going to take a lot more energy for my body to do the same amount of work that you're doing. Like when I first started my journey and I was teaching writing lessons, I was working with you. I was working three different jobs. I was able to diet at 2,400 calories. That is where I lost about like, gosh, how much? I don't know. But I lost a lot just on 2,400 calories because of the amount of work I'm doing, which I was doing Mm -hmm. something around what you're doing with maybe just a little bit more, um, a little bit more movement. Like I'd get 40,000 steps in three days, like, like every day for about three or four days when I was teaching writing lessons. Um, that's a lot, you know, but yeah, (laughs) yeah. My body paid for that. (laughs) Um, but looking at those apps and things, they just, they don't take into account all of these different things that are going on. Like, yeah, they'll track your steps, but they're not always accurate in the amount of steps you're getting. Uh, like what if I'm going to burn a heck of a lot more calories riding, which horse was it that we had that was like really awful to ride, but riding a horse that is in balance themselves, you're going to burn more calories riding them than a horse that like moves so smoothly. And, you know, like that you don't have to post on that's going to be very different and they can't account for that. So I just, yeah, I, if there's one thing you take from this, throw that out. Don't do that anymore. Don't pay attention to the calorie burned on the treadmill or what my fitness pal says, just be consistent with what you're doing and allow yourself to just, yeah, be consistent, be comfortable in being consistent. Don't punish yourself. (laughs) Don't reward yourself. Just be like, just, just, Well, and have, like, I feel like having a food goal, but then also having, like, if you are someone that works a desk job and you don't get very many steps in, give yourself a goal of X amount of steps for your day, mm-hmm. but don't use it as a punishment or a, like you said, earning or not earning your food. Mm-hmm. Your food's going to be the same and then just work on that steps goal separately or your yeah. activity, whether it's, you know, weightlifting or steps or whatever it is you want to do. Well, yeah. And that's actually, let's go on that end. So steps, (laughs) I feel like a common myth is you have to get 10,000 steps a day. No, you don't there. I would say I like it when clients get a minimum of about 6,000 steps. Cause that tells me that you have at least actively tried to move your body does need movement. And in our society, we do sit a lot. Like I sit so much now, you know, like before I was getting 40,000 steps a day. Now I have to be really, really mindful about like going for walks and doing things. But that's what I like about steps. It's, it's, it's not so much like, let's feed you more. I mean, once we get to a point, sometimes I will do that with a client. Um, but 
most of the time it's, I just want my clients to be mindfully moving. So I do want my clients, especially the ones who are sitting at a desk and barely move during the day, I do want them to have to mindfully go for three walks a day. And having that step goal makes it so they have to be mindful about it. But also, the more you move, the more your body's going to be able to utilize your the calories that you're taking in a lot more efficiently, mm-hmm. a lot a lot better. So I do car like I do steps are completely um, independent of the weightlifting or whatever else I have doing. I don't like it to count in those because the weightlifting and everything that's that's a separate entity. Like yes. You might get about a thousand steps depending on your workout and that's fine. That can go towards your daily total, but just because you worked out or did your lifting program for an hour, doesn't mean you don't need to get your 6,000 steps in. Right. Um, Yeah. But again, this is another point where I want you to start where you are. So that's another thing I look at. Um, When a client comes to me, they do a few things. First off, they track honestly, honestly track for at least three days. And that is the hardest part for people. And I get a lot of, a lot of people are dishonest, but I do try to make it like, if you do not track, honestly, like if Camry did not track honestly and didn't eat as much fat as she wanted, she would have been really upset by the fat she would have gotten from me. Right. Like if you had spent those three (laughs) days and you'd only had 30 grams of fat, well, then I would have programmed you up to your, up to, to at least your minimum of fat. And it would be way under what you're eating now in fat. And you would have had to really change the way that you eat. So it's really important that you're honest as far as the tracking. The second thing is I, I look at their movement over the course of like three days to a week. Um, and it like, it's like, Hey, I want it to be as normal as possible. Um, so, so I'll look more like at a week or maybe even two weeks and I won't set a goal for them until I really see where they average out there. Because if you came to me and let's say like, you're like, oh, well, I really want to impress Michaela. So I'm going to go and like walk five (laughs) miles tonight. And that, that does happen. Like it does happen. It it is just something that like, it's a competitiveness that we all have in us, right? Like we want to be like, someone's going to be checking in on what I'm doing. I want to them to think I'm amazing. Uh-huh. Which is helpful, you know, like that's why you do hire a coach because it does push you in some ways. But like let's say if you, I don't know, if you had an off week and you only moved 3000 steps, one that's also going to make it different in the way that I that I program how many calories you have. Because if you're only moving 3000 steps a day, then you do not need 2000 calories to lose weight, right? Like it's, it's, you're going to get a lot less calories. Um, so that's also another important thing, but looking at what you already are doing. So like, like, let's say for my husband, for instance, he moves about 4,000 steps a day. If I don't take him on walks with me, <laughs> he's like my dog, but <laughs> I was like, you make him sound like a dog. If I don't take him with me. <laughs> yeah. But he's, he's somebody like, I'm a very, just, I'm a mover. So if I don't move like every hour, I go nuts. My husband is not a mover. Like he can sit in the same spot and not move and be fine. So I will go and like make him come with me mainly because I'm also a, I am a quality time person (laughs) and I need as much of it as possible. Um, But you want to look at what you're already doing. So for me, like naturally, if I do not mindfully do it right now, I probably get between like six and 8,000 steps just naturally, like without mindfully going for walks. Um, So if my coach programmed me, okay, I want you to do 15,000 steps. That would be really, really hard for me right now really hard for me. I've got, like, if I went to Eric and said, okay, Eric, you need to do 8,000 steps a day. 
that would be really hard for him. That's the equivalent of a two and a half mile walk that he's got to really mindfully do, which he can build up to that. But like for Eric, it's like, okay, I do, like I said, I liked people to be around 6,000 steps because that, that gets them to a point where they're really moving their bodies. They're utilizing that they're, they're getting, you know, mindful movement in. So I would probably want to build him up to 6,000 steps, but I'm probably not going to make him jump to. If he's getting 3,000 steps a day, we're going to shoot for four. Then we're going to shoot for maybe four and a half. And then maybe we're going to shoot for five. And then maybe we'll get to six, right? It, it's a very slow thing because, again, I want it to be a habit. I don't want it to be something that you're like, I can't sustain this right out of the gate. So mm-hmm. look at what you're already doing. Don't feel like you need to be like Camry and get 15,000 steps a day. That's Camry's life. That's the the work that she's chosen to have helps her get that. That's the lifestyle that she's chosen. If you're more like me, where I have a desk job, I'm sitting for eight hours a day working on the computer. And then maybe like, hopefully once or twice a week, I will get a really good ride in on my horse, you know? So if you're more like me, look at what you're naturally getting through the day. And then just increase that and see if you can get up to at least 6,000 steps. And then from there, if you can sustain 6,000 steps for at least a month, then like look at increasing it a little bit more. Like I'm all up for like definitely move um, and get as much movement as possible because it's going to feed your brain. It's going to help your circulation. It's going to help your bone density. It's very, very good for you. But definitely don't think that you have to do 15,000 steps a day or 10,000 steps a day. Yeah. Start where you're at, like you said before. Yes, exactly. And with everything, like (laughs) the common theme that you're going to hear across, I feel like this entire project, (laughs) the horsewoman project is balance. We're going to talk, you know, like we talk about balance with your horses, balance with your lifestyle, but then balance with your health. So it's like, like everything that I do is based around balance. I want to balance out your lifestyle. So it becomes your new lifestyle. Right. Um, Yeah. Don't do like, don't jump to extremes just balance everything out yeah I love it balance 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 I know no seriously I'm like should we make this the balance podcast balanced (laughs) horsewoman I know because I feel like we've said that in every single episode we've ever done balance but it's true though it's true it's just finding balance and you're going to be such a happier human being when you do. So, well, yes. Camry, I know you're not feeling very good. I think <laughs> let's let's maybe pause here and we can save the rest of this list for another episode. Awesome. Um, and for you listeners, thanks for putting up with my uh, lovely toad voice today. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't like I don't feel like you sound like a toad. You're just a tiny bit lower than normal, but <laughs> <laughs> I just sound like a man. It's fine. <laughs> But yes, well, thank you, Camry, for all your input. Thank you for listening to The Horsewoman Project. If you have a story to tell, please email us at thehorsewomanproject at gmail.com. Links to both of our websites, social pages, and emails will be added to the show notes, as well as any links that are mentioned or contact information for our guests. Talk to you next week.